Hello and welcome to Quick Hits, a podcast brought to you by Borealis Threat and Risk Consulting in Ottawa, Canada. I'm your host, Phil Gursky, president of Borealis. When you work in counterterrorism, as I did for 15 years or so, 32 years in intelligence in total, you try to stop terrorists from succeeding. That's what counterterrorism means. You want to prevent people from dying, not clean up the blood and aftermath when something has actually happened. When you stop a terrorist attack, that's A, a good thing, because people have not been injured and or killed, infrastructure has not been damaged, but you're left with an additional problem, and that is what do you do with the terrorists that you stopped? Well, of course, you bring them to trial. You charge them, you prosecute them, and in a best-case scenario, you convict them. You find them guilty of conspiracy to commit terrorism. But once that's all done, the obvious conclusion is you send them to prison. End of story, wipe your hands, pat yourselves on the back, go for a beer, job well done. Well, it's not as easy as that. Once these terrorists are in prison, you've got additional problems. And one of those problems is danger to staff, the prison staff, and other prisoners, because terrorists tend to be a nasty bunch. The second problem is that of further radicalization, meaning that terrorists who are incarcerated can spread their poison, spread their ideology to other inmates who have nothing to do with terrorism, who are there on other convictions, robbery, domestic assault, etc. And then when those people are released following the conclusion of their sentence, they may in turn become terrorists. So they didn't go in as terrorists, but they come out as terrorists. And this is a huge problem. In the genesis of this particular podcast was an article that I read just uh, this morning about a report that's been issued by the ICSR, the International Center for the Study of Radicalization in the UK, a very good think tank. Peter Neumann, I believe, is still the head of it. So it's, a, it's a very good, uh, very good group of people doing some good work on terrorism. And they have found in a recent study that, in fact, in Europe, there are more people in European prisons on terrorism-related offenses than at any point in the last two decades. They found that there are some 1,400 individuals across 10 different countries. Not surprisingly, France is uh, number one at 549 people. Spain is perhaps a surprising second with 329. And then the UK, again, not a surprise with 238. And then Belgium with 136. And then smaller numbers in the Scandinavian countries, Netherlands, and Greece. Interestingly, the vast majority of the prison population are jihadis. 82% of them were jihadis. A further 7% were far right, writ large, and then sundry after that. What's the best strategy to deal with them? So there really are two primary ways of, of thinking about this. Isolation and general population. And both have their pluses and minuses. In an isolation framework, you take the terrorist prisoners and you keep them separate from everybody else. You kind of group them together. Now, in a lot of Western prisons, it is difficult, not to mention inhumane, to keep people in isolation indefinitely. There's a number on you psychologically. So we can't do that. When we put terrorist prisoners, those with similar ideologies together, keeping them separate from the general population. The advantage is they can't radicalize those who aren't radicalized, as I referred to before, those in, in jail on other charges. But you essentially get sort of like a self-reinforcing concept as these terrorists reinforce each other's ideology. They all know they're there for the same reason, and they support and bolster 
and urge each other on within that small group. You've put people in a situation where all the ideas that they get are the ones that got in there in the first place, and they're not exposed to other ideas. It's kind of like a hermetically sealed circle, if you will. So that's the disadvantage. What about plan B, putting them in general population? Well, the advantage is that you do expose them to other ideas, and in a perfect scenario or perhaps most optimistic outlook, you might get them to attenuate their views that got them there in the first place. That would be good. The obvious disadvantage is that you expose the general population to radicalization. Let me cite you an example that I learned about 15 years ago now. We had jailed a terrorist here in Canada. He had been arrested and convicted of planning a terrorist act in the early 1990s, sent to prison. And back then, we didn't know a lot about terrorism. We didn't know a lot about radicalization. And so this prisoner essentially was housed in the general population. And in the mid-2000s, I went to this penitentiary and I spoke to one of the officials there. And he admitted that based on their best knowledge, that this terrorist inmate had radicalized or influenced, because it didn't use the term radicalization, at least 50 other inmates. Now, to the best of my knowledge, None of these 50 went on to commit an act of terrorism, but you see the, the, the potential danger here. What I'm suggesting here is that there isn't an ideal strategy on what to do with prisoners who are convicted of terrorism offenses. Isolation has its pluses and minuses. General population has its pluses and minuses. Now, some would argue that jihadis are no different than other you know, rapists or burglars or violent assaulters. And all you need to do is give them the same rehabilitation and education programs that other prisoners get to try to transform them into fine, upstanding citizens. Yeah, maybe. Maybe that works in some cases. I would argue that jihadi prisoners and terrorist prisoners are different, that ideological crimes are different than non-ideological crimes in terms of one's commitment to a cause. I just don't see any ideal strategy for what what to do with these guys. And don't get me started on de-radicalization programs. I've heard enough about those over the years to remain extremely skeptical on A, what de-radicalization even means, and B, how the hell you measure the successes that you claim to have in trying to get people to abandon ideologies. I don't want to go there. That's a whole other podcast. The bottom line is that this problem is not going away. If our goal is, as, as it should rightly be, to stop acts of terrorism before they're committed, therefore have to arrest, charge, prosecute, convict, and incarcerate terrorists, we're going to have terrorists in prison for the foreseeable future. And I don't think there is an ideal strategy. I don't think there's an ideal way of dealing with this. Lots of people have waited on this, on this issue. But if this report from the ICSR is any indication, the problem appears to be getting worse, not better. An even more fascinating question is, What happens when you incarcerate jihadis and far-right in the same institution and they get access to each other? A whole bunch of things can happen. First of all, they can beat the shit out of each other and maybe even kill each other. Dead terrorist is a good terrorist. What if somehow they aligned forces? They had some kind of common cause. It's not unheard of historically for a group with ideology A to see common cause with ideology B. This is a phenomenon that really bears watching and bears a lot more study and realistic strategizing as to what to do with it. I'm going to watch this carefully in the years to come because as noted, it seems to be getting worse, not better. 
Anyhow, those are my thoughts. Do you work in a prison setting? Have you worked in trying to rehabilitate or quote-unquote de-radicalize terrorist prisoners? Let me know what your experiences are. I'd love to hear from you. You can reach me on email, borealisrisk at gmail.com or on Twitter at Borealis Saves. You can also find me on LinkedIn and on Facebook. If you want to receive more content from Borealis, simply go to the website borealisthreatenrisk.com Find the subscribe button, provide your email address, you'll get a free daily digest, podcast, blogs, all the material that Borealis produces on a regular basis. I'd love to hear from you with some ideas for other podcasts and blogs. I'll talk to you again soon. Until then, stay safe. <laughs>